to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Uh, if you have your Bibles, to open them to Philippians 1.6, please. Many of you probably know this verse already. If you have your own Bible, hopefully it is underlined or highlighted or all the above. And it should be in your Bible because this is, this is a memory verse for most people. This is a life verse. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This verse is, is, is important to me. Like I said, it's one of my life verses. Um, it's something that God spoke to me a long time ago. But going into the verse a little bit before we go into that part is, um, as you guys know, Philippians is, is actually, Paul got, started this church back in Acts chapter 16. Um, he, he felt led to go out and do, to be a missionary, and, and God kind of directed him to this church. It's the first church in Europe. And as Paul goes there and he starts this church, he has a love for this church. You, many of you know that he meets Lydia. Um, she comes to know the Lord. She was somebody who was worshiping God. He ends up meeting the jailer, his whole family. They all get baptized. Um, and a church is formed there. And, and it's a church that he, he's writing to them. And it's, if you start off at the very beginning of this, it's just, it's just a love letter. He loves this church. He cares for this church. It's, 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 a, it's a pastor's heart that as he looks at a church that he started, he looks at the people, he remembers their stories, he remembers the heartbreaks of those people, he remembers where they came from, and it's a pastor's heart as he writes to this church, he says, be confident of this very thing. Guys, I know that you're, you're, you're worn down, I know that you're tired, I know that the, the fight is hard, but I, I love you and I know this one thing, I know this, that to be confident of this very thing, be confident in the fact that as I'm praying for you and I'm requesting that, that God comes before you and God reaches out to you, to not to lose hope. To be confident of this. Be confident in who God is. And I, and I think for us, a lot of times when we go through life and for, for us as we come back from a missions trip and we're on the mountaintop, you know, I mean, there's, there's not much distance from, from us right now and God. I mean, we're, we're right there, you know. I mean, you guys are kind of down here a little bit, but we're, we're like the next step is I'll stumble and I'll be in, like in his presence right now. You know, I mean, that's, that's how close that we are right now. But I think a lot of times in life that we forget when we're going through our problems and our struggles and we kind of forget who God is. And this morning I kind of wanted to remind you of who God is, of who the Bible says that God is. God is love. And God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And God's unchangeable. God's the everlasting Father. And He's the Father of mercies. And He's the God of all comfort. God is, He's our Maker. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Lamb of God. And he is the bread of life. And you would say, Kevin, well, that's a lot. Well, I have a lot more to say of who God is. You see, God is the light of the world. God is faithful and true. God is our Lord and our God. He is our life, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Teacher, our Healer, our Deliverer, our Resurrection, our Justification, our Strength, our Righteousness, 
and our peace. And if you don't have goosebumps right now, and if you don't have something that's stirring in your heart, then you kind of need to wake up because that is who our God is. Our God is faithful. And our God will never leave us or forsake us. And to serve a God that is like that, a God not, as, not one that we have formed and make a little idol that we've put somewhere, and not a, a God that we watch on TV that, that throws pigskin around, and not a God of whether it's a job or it's money or something that we have replaced, this is the God of all gods. And the God who this morning loves you for exactly where you're at. The God who Paul, if he were writing to this church this morning, would say, Calvary Chapel Christian Fellowship. Be confident of this very thing because God is faithful. Because God, who began a good work in you, well, what would that good work be? Well, the good work could be the fact that we have salvation. The beginning of everything that we have that at one point, all of us, hopefully in this room, bowed our knees before God and we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We, we realized that we were at that point in our life and I was talking to Lynette earlier that at some point we realized that there was a need and there was a, there was a desire in our heart that we realized I cannot do this anymore on my own. I realize that I'm a sinner and that I can't reach a holy God and that there has to be something that fills this chasm here and, and you gave your heart to the Lord. And as you did that and you came before the Lord, well, that was the beginning of the good work. Well, the good work is more than that because, see, it's, it's a life that's dedicated to God. It's dedicated to the works of what Christ has done. And that's for all of us. It's not just for a pastor or somebody who's in ministry or a missionary or somebody who does that kind of work. It's, it's required of all of us. As I spoke a month ago when I talked about, um, about witnessing, it's the fact that all of us are required to do that. There's not a gift of witnessing. There's not a gift of reading your Bible or praying. It's, it's commanded that we all do that. We all go out into the world and make disciples. It's not just select few that get paid to have a ministry spot or something like that. It's because of the love of God that comes inside of us that it has no choice but to pour out onto a civilization that desperately, if you don't watch the news, and again, if you don't have something that stirs in your heart that says this world needs the love of Jesus Christ. This world needs to know that there is a God that can cure these problems that they're having right now. Because it's not going to come from politics, and I don't care which side you're on. It's not going to come from the fact of whether we have money or not. It's going to come from the fact that, that we are empty without Him. And that the only way that that can come out, and the only way that it can pour out, is through Christ. So being confident of this very thing, that He, who began a good work in you, in me, will complete it until the day of Christ. And to complete it is to bring to an end, to accomplish it. And I have to ask you this morning, where has God not been faithful to complete what he has started? Where, where do you look in your own life? Where do you look in the Bible and go, no, God didn't do it. He wasn't able to do it. He wasn't capable of doing it. It goes against the contrary of who God, his existence of who he is. God can't do that. And I even take you to the point of, of the, the, the example that I thought of while I was down there is just Jesus on the cross and him saying that it is finished. It is done. 
That God sat there and He desired to have a relationship with us. That He desired to have a way of salvation for us. He said His only begotten Son that so whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that Christ willingly went to the cross. He could have commanded angels down at that moment and said, no, tapping out, man. I can't do this. It's too hard. But He said, no, it is finished. It is done. So God, even at that moment with His own Son, said, I, 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 can't, I can't not do what I said I was going to do. And for many of us in this morning, maybe we think, well, no, Kevin, you, you don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my problems. And you're right, I don't. I, I'm not able to meet the needs that you have this morning. I'm not able to meet the, 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 the difficulties that you're going through in life. Selfishly, I have my own that I'm going through. Selfishly, I have my own problems. The only one that either one of us can go to is is God. Because He's the only one who is able to meet those needs that are inside of our hearts, within inside of our minds, and inside of our soul to be able to meet those things. See, no man or woman is able to do that. No relationship is able to do that. No money is able to do that. The world tries to say that, and if you watch advertisements, you have to have this until they come out with a new product, and then you have to have that, because that's what's going to satisfy you. It doesn't. You just keep chasing your tail like a dog. See, this, this verse is important to me because at one, one time in my life, I, I was a hot mess. Okay, that, that was me. And Don and Lynette probably know that, or they probably hopefully forgot about that, but that was me a long time ago, and that was before Christine. And it's not the fact that I was a sinner. I mean, I was saved. It's not the fact that that I was doing wrong things or going down wrong paths. It's just the fact that I didn't have, uh, I wasn't very responsible. I was single. I wasn't on the path that God had got for me. And I was still struggling in both sides. I didn't know where I fit. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I just needed the direction. I needed to find some way to get on the right path of where God wanted me to go. And you see that in a lot in churches and a lot with people that, that there, there's a desire to do what God's called them to do. You know, but where the, their spirit is willing, man, the, the flesh is just so weak. And you get off on a path that you're like, what, what, how did I end up over here? This is not where I'm supposed to be. And then whether it's pride that you don't want to get back on the path or pride that you don't want to ask for prayer and you're like, how did I end up here? I, I just want to be there. That's all that I want to do in life. Is I, just, I, I know what I need to do and I want to be there. Well, God gave me this verse. And it was a promise to me even at that time when I was a hot mess, and that did translate down there just for the record, um, that, that I was able to, to be able to know that, that God had a plan for my life that I would be in ministry someday. And He would have looked at me at the time and go, man, He's got the heart, but I don't, I don't see the follow through. I don't see where it's going to happen. But God continued to bring people in my life to be able to guide me and to keep me on that path. And, and I would stumble and I would be over here and then God would bring me back over. And it was just interesting to see how the Lord continued to move me in a direction to where, man, I tell you, this, this last week on Tuesday was probably the highest point of ever in my spiritual walk. It was unbelievable. I mean, to be there Tuesday afternoon to, to fall into a, a Bible study that I wasn't planning on doing. The Lord provided the words. You know, we, we end up praying afterwards. It's a long story. I don't, want to, I don't have the time to do that right now. I'll tell you later. Um, but 12 kids end up living, giving their life to the Lord. 
12 clips. Now, we weren't even planning on doing a Bible study at that point. We weren't planning on doing it. And it was just neat how the Lord guided Evan and then guided Scott and then, and then me for the, the clothes. And then Carlos is sitting over here, who's the one that's been ministering to them the whole time. And that, yet we get to reap the harvest. And then that night, Tuesday night, we show up and we're, we're, we're teaching at it's Refugio, Refuge 5, um, is the other church that we went to. And we show up and we're late and it's, it's, it's this temperature. It's the same. <laughs> so it's hot and um, it had just rained. So the humidity is like 150%. And so, you know, we show up on the buses and with the church one had fans. You walk into church two and there's no fans. It's beautiful. I mean, it really is a beautiful church. There's no fans in there. So I know Don said you guys were hot the last couple of weeks here. He's like, so we were sweating with you. I'm like, dude, you didn't sweat like I did. I can tell you right now, I promise you, you did not sweat like I did. And so that night you walk in and it is, it's, it is, you are on sensory, sensory overload. I mean, you're just, you're sweating because you're so hot. The, it is that loud, wherever that thing is. Um, it's that times 10, you know, it's just, I mean, there's people all over the place. I mean, it is, it is, I walk in there and I'm, I'm supposed to teach that night, you know, we're late as it is. And you know, I love being late. And so I'm like walking in and I'm like, everything is just wrong in my life at that moment to the point where I'm like, Christine, I got to walk outside because this, this isn't going to work, you know? And I'm walking outside like, man, Lord, this is going to be a train wreck. I mean, this is, you brought me here for this. This is going to be absolutely horrible. So to add on top of that, the head of love serves is there, Danielle. So Peter introduces me to him and I'm like, really? You know, the night that this is all happening, you know, the train's going to wreck. This is great. He's here. That's, that's, that's awesome. God, this is, so this is about pride tonight. This is just you know, going to teach me to be humble and I'm going to take it like a man and I'm going to do it. That's fine, you know. And um, so end up talking to the pastor afterwards and um, some things happened where... Um, I just get reassurance from the Lord that everything is going to be fine. And, um, and so one of the things that I was thinking about changing here is that um, we've got too much worship stuff up here. The pastors are actually supposed to sit at the front of the church, you know, and um, that was awkward Sunday. So we, all the pastors have to sit at the front of the church and you kind of look back out of the congregation. And so Tuesday I was already ready for it. So I'm like, I know what's happening. Sunday was weird, you know, as far as that, but... Um, so I thought we could make some changes on that next week. But um, <laughs> so um, have a little fan right there if you could do that for me. But um, <laughs> so but it was just interesting that, you know, and then I get up to teach. And that night was just the culmination of this verse coming alive to me. You know, when you're sitting there and, 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 and Nancy was my interpreter, not this Nancy, obviously, um, she could have though, but, but Nancy's my interpreter and she is just, she's just as fiery and she's just laying it out there and you could just feel that the, the spirit was just going forward and as we asked people to come forward for prayer afterwards, there were just people coming forward for prayer that night. You know, and you're just anointing them with oil and then you get, I, pastor asked me to come over to pray for he and his wife afterwards too and, and just, just absolutely just a moment, you know, the next day was Wednesday was a day off to where Really, I just needed to download with the Lord and just say, thank you so much for, for continuing that good work within me. You know, I think of examples within the Bible, and I won't have you turn there because of time, but Exodus chapter, you can do three or four, it doesn't matter, as far as Moses. And you guys know the story of Moses, of how you know, Moses is saved in the, you know, from being a baby and he's not killed. And then, but Moses spends 40 years in Egypt, and he's trained up in all the knowledge, and Egypt was it as far as knowledge at the time. 
And Moses was, was good looking and he was strong and he was wise and he had, was able to teach and speak and do things. And, and, and it was just amazing that this is the man that God is going to use and you could see it. And then he goes and commits murder because he wants to do it in his own flesh. And then Moses is banished out into the desert for another 40 years. And after 40 years in the desert, Moses is just holding on to his staff. And you guys have all seen Charleston Heston with his staff. And as he's out there, that's all that he has is a remembrance of who he once was. You know, that, that staff that he uses now for, for sheep was supposed to be a scepter. He was supposed to be a king. In all of his greatness of who Moses was back in the flesh, it took God 40 years to strip away everything that Moses was in Egypt to now to a point where God could use him at that point. So 40 years, if Moses would have done it then, we would have looked at Moses and said, of course Moses could have done it. He looked at him, he's wise, he's smart, he's good looking, he's got everything. But now after 40 years in the desert, well now everything has been stripped from Moses. Moses doesn't even think that he can talk anymore. And God says, now is a man that I can use. See, God never had given up on Moses. God just had to get Moses to a point where he was humble enough to be able to be used. I think of other examples in the Bible too. You can think of David and, and 1 Samuel 17 with the five stones killing Goliath. I think of Gideon in Judges 7 getting down to 300 men so he could battle 135,000 Midianites. 300 men. Who would have signed up for that? I wouldn't have. I mean, I like, we all like to say, oh yeah, I would have done it, but I, I wouldn't. I would have been like, man, are you crazy? Are, are you serious? See, the point is, it's not the fact that God is willing to show us that he can use somebody. God is willing to show us that he can use anything or anyone if we have a point where we are humble enough before God to, become, to come to him and say, God, now I am the man that, or woman that you can use. See, it's no longer me who is in the world. I, I want to be used by you in, in the spirit in the, and not in my own flesh. If you could turn quickly to Jeremiah 29.11. Again, if this is not underlined in your Bible, it should be or highlighted. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And all of us like to hear this verse. We like to quote this verse. We like to put it up in our, our houses that God has got a plan for us. He's got a future. And we all like that, don't we? I mean, don't we like to, to sit there and think that God has got this awesome plan and future for us? Some of us who have been alive for a while, not the kids, realize, man, I'm not where I thought I was going to be. You know what I mean? Is anybody where you thought you were going to be? I, I'm not, you know? And, and I've gone over a lot of bumps and, and bruises and scrapes and scratches and broken things. And, 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 but I'm here today because God still had a plan for me. But the interesting thing is this, is that we all underline that one. But the next two verses are really the key verses for today. It says in verse 12, it says, Then you will call upon me, you will call upon me, God, and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. When's the last time that, that you personally bowed your knees before God and just sought Him with all of your heart? That wasn't the, God, i got to pay my rent tomorrow. You know, can you, can you take care of that? Or God, I need this. Or God, I would like that. Or God, this happened to me. But you, just, you literally just got on your knees by, by your bed 
and just cried out to God, Lord, I'm here. And I don't have much. There's not much here. But, but what I have is yours. And whatever that you want to use me to do, wherever that you want me to go today, God, I'm willing to be used by you. Because, see, I'm coming before you humbly and, and just asking that, that, God, that you would just use me. I, I want to know that, that, that I'm, I'm confident to know that you're going to do that good work in me. And that good work may not be my work of what I think, but God, what is it that you have for me today? So we have a tendency to think that God is always asking more from us and that he's never satisfied. And, and the thing with that too is I would say that you know, if you look around us right now, there are miracles around everybody right now. You know, the, I, I'm a miracle and, and you're a miracle. And the person sitting next to you this morning is a miracle. And I think of the miracles that I met while I was down there. If you can do the first one was Pastor Julio. Pastor Julio is a miracle because uh, Christine explained that his son got killed in gang violence. So instead of taking that, internalizing that, going and buying a gun and, and getting repu- taking care of business on his own, he sits there and says, no, how, how would God use that to where now I can glorify the Lord? He says, well, I want to go to build a technical school to get these kids off, out of the gangs so that they now have a future and a hope. The next one is, is Carlos. Carlos here is a man that showed honor to me the whole time I was in awe of him. Honor me because he said, well, you're a pastor. And I was like, Carlos, I'm, I'm nothing but half the man that you are. Carlos sits there and, and he, he ministers to, at the basketball court. The basketball court is not the churches, it's the cities. The city basically lets the church do whatever they want there because they maintain it, they upkeep it, they do all that stuff. And they're the ones who are, are ministering to the kids there. And there are a hundred kids that are down there at all the time. And so he knows them, each of the kids, and he's continuing to pour into them. Now, all, all, not all the kids go to the church, but his, his, his ministry is the children that are at the basketball court. He knows them. They know him. They show respect to him. I asked him for what he needed prayer for. It was just that God would continue to keep him in the ministry that he's in currently. Just because he has a love for the kids. The next one was the 12 kids that were saved at the basketball camp. The next one would be Giselle the lady that Christine talked about. Again, you'll notice that she's wearing pants because everything is very conservative down there where if you're a man and you're working (laughs) on the work sites, construction, you had to wear pants. What? And it's like 95 degrees outside. If you go to church and if you're one of the pastors or if you're anybody that's doing things, your shirts have to be tucked in. You have to wear pants. You have to wear a collared shirt. Because there's, again, there's a reverence that goes back to the Lord. So as you can see currently... She's wearing pants. As a lady, she will wear a skirt when she goes to church. And you say, well, that's just kind of, why would you make them? It's a culture thing. But the important thing is that Giselle is a miracle and that she's saved. The next one is Edwin. Edwin's the one on the far left. Um, the other one in the middle is Troublemaker. He's saved too, but he's a troublemaker. <laughs> the one on the left, Edwin, this kid came forward and um, he came forward with three other kids on the last night. The other three kids had said that they had prayed to receive the Lord, that they wanted prayer afterwards, but he said that he had not prayed. 
And so the gentleman next to me, Joseph, who was an interpreter, big man, um, big muscle man, not not big man, he was muscle, um, was sitting there and we stopped everything to talk to Edwin first, explain what the gospel was, and he ended up accepting the Lord. And, and you say, well, Kevin, that just kind of happens there. People just raise their hands. Edwin had tears coming down his face because he understood it. And he just wanted the love of Christ. I mean, I'm sorry when you see a young man like that and he's just shedding tears with all of his friends around, pointing fingers at him, and he didn't care. The next one is just another eight kids that I prayed with that night, that evening. I don't know if there's another picture or not. There's, as everybody came forward on that evening, there was lots of prayer that was going on. and just, It was just an amazing opportunity to see the miracles of God and His Spirit going out. But that's, that's just a life. That's just a life that's sitting there and saying, God, how would you use me today? And, and again, it's not hallelujah us. It's not hallelujah the Sullivans. It's hallelujah to, to the Lord of Lords. Because He's the one that goes out and His Spirit works through all of us. And that was just an example of where we were and how we were able to be able to be used by the Lord. But as I said a couple of weeks ago when I taught, all of us have that opportunity as we go out every single day. Do you guys remember the Mark Cahill thing for the guys that were, people who were here? You know, every second, how many people die? Seven people? Seven people into eternity. And what was the question? Do you care, right? Everybody says they care, right? We all care, right? But did you care enough to do something about it? And have you changed? As we listen to a message each week, we come in here and we feel good or we feel challenged and we go home and we're like, man, I'm going to do something about that. By the time Tuesday comes along, it's like, man, I got to get up, get my coffee. I got to get to work today. And and what was that thing? I mean, I think Tony Evans said 95% of the people don't remember his service his message the next day. Tony Evans. So I know you guys don't remember my service, okay? Because if you don't remember Tony's, it's just no prayer, so listen to it online. But what I'm just saying is the point is that, again, do we, do we care enough to make a change? Well, then forget somebody else as far as witnessing to somebody else. Do you guys care enough to make a change within your own life? See, the point again is it's not the journey is, is not over for them at salvation, this, that was a wonderful thing that, that, that children got saved, adults got saved, but the journey doesn't end there. And that's what, what his prayer is about here. What Paul is saying is that it, it doesn't end there. I'm praying for you that he's going to be confident to finish that good work in you. The work didn't stop when you guys got saved. That's just the beginning. Because see, just like us, they're going to go through desert times. They're going to go through ups and downs. And the point is, is what are we going to do about that? Maybe some of you guys this morning, this very morning, you feel the same way. <laughs> you feel like Moses. You're like, Kevin, I, I've, I've been in this desert for a long time. And I, I'm tired. I remember that day, as you mentioned these kids, I remember the day of me going forward and, and accepting the Lord. And, I, and like Edwin, I remember those tears coming down. I remember there was a change in my life and, and man, I, I desperately wanted to be used by Jesus and I understood at that time, but, but here I am now and it's five years later or ten years later. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years. I don't know where you're at. 
But I feel like Moses. I had such vigor. I was so, so strong. I was so excited to be used. And then just as time has gone on, I'm just off the road. Kevin, I, I, I'm not so sure that, that I'm so confident in what's going to happen. And Kevin, I, I, I'm not so sure about God. I know you said those things about God and I see Him. I just I don't feel Him anymore. And, and maybe this morning you're I'm not even sure He can complete it in me. I, I know I'm saved, but I'm not so sure that, that it's going to get taken care of. I'm at this point in my life where maybe I, I just feel like I, I, I can't. There's no way out of where I'm at. You don't have to turn there, but if you write it down, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their lands. Father God, we thank you so much for Lord, the opportunity to come into your presence and the opportunity to pray to you and the opportunity to give you the praise that you are worthy of. I pray that you would go with us as we head out and give us the words to speak and and greater to have the desire to serve you and to tell others about you and allow the life that we live to be an example of the works that you have done in our lives, Lord. Um, Thank you so much for... um, the trip. We pray for the, the church down in the DR in Haina. Pray for Pastor Julio that you would continue to give this man wisdom and the desire and the heart to do what you've called him to do. That you would continue to fill them with the Holy Spirit and just continue to help them to be guided by, by you and in the directions that you've called them to go. And I pray for our church here in Sarasota, not just this church here, but the church that is represented by you in this, this county. That, Lord, that we would all go out and that we would all have the same heart and the desire to reach those that are not reachable right now. And Father, that we would go out into our communities and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and that we would do it with such fervor and excitement that people would see the light that's been inside of us. So Father, again, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us and we ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, Did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.